fantasy football fans, this is Jeff Power, Senior Editor for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. And welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by Corey Bonini. He is the Senior Fantasy Editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and TheHuddle.com. And we're going to talk about the running back position for the coming season. Before I get to my interview with Corey, I did want to tell you about the Fantasy Championship. Yes, the Fantasy Championship. We are proud to host this once again. This is the premier high-stakes fantasy championship on the web. Just go to fantasychampionship.com to sign up today. There, there is a $200,000 grand prize along with $1,500 in league prizes. You can pick your time to draft. We have many drafts going on, all sorts of different times. It costs $250 per team to sign up, or you can get a three-for-deal, three teams for $700. Go to the fantasychampionship.com today and sign up for the premier high-stakes contest on the web. And now, here's my interview with Corey Bonini of USA Today Sports and TheHuddle.com. I'm joined now by Corey Bonini. He is the Senior Fantasy Editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and TheHuddle.com. He's been on the podcast before, and I want to thank Corey for joining me again once again today. Thanks a lot, Corey. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Looking forward to it. I also mentioned uh, you can follow Corey on Twitter, at Corey Bonini. It's C-O-R-Y underscore B-O-N-I-N-I. So, Corey, can you tell me a little bit before we get into our topic at hand, which is going to be running backs for this coming season. Tell me a little bit what's going on with you guys over there at USA Today Fantasy Sports and TheHuddle.com. Busy. <laughs> As I'm sure you're well aware, this time of the year is uh, always uh, always a fun but hectic time for fantasy uh prognosticators and uh, we enjoy what we do so you know it, it becomes a little bit of a labor of love so there's no problem there but uh sleepers bust rankings you name it every single thing that uh, a fantasy reader would be looking for over at the huddle 20 plus years of experience on the web um uh, uh probably 100 plus years of combined experience if you take all of the staff uh in their time playing fantasy sports but specific to the Real-time sports listeners for this podcast, we've created a $10 off uh, deal. So if you want to sign up and check out the huddle.com, you can use the promo code RTS18. That's RTS18 and receive $10 off our premium package. Awesome. Awesome stuff. I highly uh, recommend people go to the huddle.com and check that out. They do a great job over there. Like Corey said, a lot of great writers over there helping you get ready for the coming season. So, Corey, I wanted to talk about the running back position for this coming year. Before I get into specific players or specific targets for you, I want to just ask you in general, how are you approaching the running back position this year in drafts, maybe differently compared to last year or past years, or is it the same approach for you for this coming season? Well, you know, it really depends on the scoring format for the league to me. I mean, PPR does make a massive difference, especially if it's the full point. If you look at the top, I mean, if we just look at general ADP, you get down to about the fifth pick before a wide receiver really comes into play. So if you're in the top, uh, you know, three or four picks, you're almost certainly taking a running back, and you almost certainly can't go wrong. And then if you're in that middle area of the draft, that's where I love being this year, and I love it for the reason you can take a running back or you can take a receiver. You're going to have an elite option either way. And you can come back then from the next two or three rounds and still get really good play. You can can come back and have two really good running backs and a stud receiver or two stud receivers and a really good running back, however you want to formulate that. And it works out and it carries out throughout the draft if you do it that way because then you're allowed to 
from there, I'm, I'm personally a fan of waiting on tight ends and quarterbacks so I can build a really strong nucleus of receivers and running backs early on. So, but, you know, if you're in a standard league, I think you almost have to go running back early. I mean, if you look at the top 12 or 13 ADP picks, uh, all but three, you know, tend to be running backs. And you uh, have a lot of options and you have a lot of uh, upside and downside, but safety is probably as good as I've seen in recent years when it comes to the running back position. Yeah, so rookie running backs are crazy hot this year. I know you've done some drafts most likely. and You've, you've seen the backs going off the board quickly, the rookie backs more so than past years, probably because of the success from rookies last year. So with so many of these rookie backs sitting drafts, I just wanted to touch on maybe a couple that you really like and maybe a couple you don't really like, like guys you want to avoid and guys you're targeting uh, at the rookie running back position. I mean, I think obviously the, you know, the biggest name being Saquon Barkley, I don't think you can go wrong. He is absolutely worth a mid-first round pick. And from there, it's a little dicey. It really does. You have a couple of guys who could be two down backs in, uh, you know, Darius Geis and Rashad Penny. Uh, they could provide touchdown opportunities for you, but they might not give you much in the way third down. So PPR owners might be a little on the edge there as far as, you know, whether they want to take that chance. Uh, guys I'm interested in that I find myself drafting more than not. Uh, Tony Michelle, New England, because I think there's a legitimate chance, even though they rotate their back, he's probably the best individual talent they have in that backfield, and he's probably the most likely to pick up the majority of lost work from Deion Lewis, and you're looking at top 15 fantasy production if that's the case. Uh, don't really want much to do with Ronald Jones. Don't really want uh, too much to do with Nick Chubb or Karrion Johnson. Not crazy about them. I find some value later on running backs this year. Royce Freeman is a mid-round pick. Interesting selection there. He's probably going to be in a tandem with Denver, you know, with Devontae Booker in Denver. But don't think you're going to be hurt if you take him in the middle of a draft. And then probably my favorite for rookie running backs this year is Naheem Hines in Indianapolis. You can get this guy in, you know, 10, 11, 12th round, depending on how competitive your league is. Probably better in PPR. He's a do-all back and be all over the field. I'm not crazy. I'm not a big Mar- uh, you know, Marlon Mack guy. I'm not crazy about him. So there's intrigue there. And if you really want to dig deep for a rookie running back, I'm sticking in Indy. Jordan Wilkins, good size running back, six foot plus, powerful in comparison to what they have. He's looked good. He's you know received some first team reps in training camp. And uh, the you know the coaching staff is impressed by his demeanor. He doesn't show any fear from what I understand, and that the game isn't bigger than him right now for being a rookie, a late-round rookie at that. Great stuff, Corey. So uh, we just talked about rookie backs. How about some of the second-tier backs? Maybe not the elite guys that are going off the board. We all know those guys going quickly, but the elite guys, guys going after them like Jarek McKinnon, Joe Mixon, Jordan Howard, Kenyon Drake, or maybe someone else you might have in mind. Who do you think can outperform their current draft position? Is there any guy out of that second-tier group that you really like this coming season? Really like? No. Willing to draft? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not crazy about any one of those guys, but from a raw talent perspective, Joe Mixon is an elite player. I'm a little leery of the offensive line. They've had some significant turnover there. Uh, And, you know, Giovanni Bernard is going to be two full years removed from an ACL pair. He should be, you know, back in the mix to some degree. So a little leery there. But Jordan Howard's probably the safest of the group. Chicago has one of the better offensive lines in football. They have an offensive system in place. Uh, you know, new coaching staff, obviously, but a system that is reliant on running back production. I mean, that passing game doesn't go if the running backs don't move the ball and set up short yardage passing situations. 
A um, little bit worried Tariq Cohen steals some of his third down thunder, but you know, Howard's the, by far, obviously, the better you know red zone option of that backfield. And I, I would say that if anyone surpasses their ADP, his current ADP right now is the late second round, I think he could be a guy that sneaks right up into the end of the first round conversation one. If you were to re-rank everybody at the end of the season in terms of their ADP, I think you can make the argument Howard probably outplays it. But McKinnon's the one guy. Everybody seems to love McKinnon. I, I can't say I dislike McKinnon. I am just really scared of this guy. We've never seen him do it over the course of the season. He's always been a part-time guy. He's had some nagging little injury problems, soft tissue things in the past. Goes to a new system that is known for splitting running backs. I mean, look what Shanahan did in Atlanta a couple of years ago when he was the coordinator with Freeman, with Coleman. I mean, you know, some weeks it was, you know, which guy am I playing? You know, it netted out in the end. We're both ended up being fantasy worthy the majority of the year. But uh, I think Matt Burita in San Francisco is a little underrated this year. You know, he was pretty good for a walk-on free agent rookie last season. And I don't think he's getting enough credit in fantasy drafts going usually in the 13th round. So McKinnon might not be as good as his, uh, you know, late second round ADP suggests. Yeah, McKinnon scares me as well with his current ADP. I like that assessment. Yeah, I definitely think Breida could be a little undervalued at this point. With training camp going on, uh, we've already heard some reports about Breida and some other guys. I just wanted to get your assessment on a couple of these training camp running back battles. I know you may say, I don't want any part of any of these guys, but if I had to tell you to take a back off each one of these three teams, who would you take and why? I'm going to give you Detroit. Denver and Green Bay. So those are three three teams with running back battles going on. We're not really sure who's going to start at this point. So from a fantasy perspective, who do you take from those three teams and why? Yes, I don't want a running back from any of these backfields. <laughs> uh, I just said you can't say that. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it. I, I don't. At the right price, everybody is worth picking from these backfields. You know, anybody that's in fantasy consideration, right? So, Detroit specifically, I think Kerryon Johnson has to be the guy who Senate owners should focus on. He's the most versatile of the backfield. You know, they spent a high enough of a draft pick on him where you'd like to think they're going to give him the benefit of the doubt or every opportunity to win the job. Uh, I think by now we know what Amir Abdullah is. And, uh, you know, come, you know, 53-man roster cuts, it's even on the team. That's debatable. It really is at this point. Uh, you know, not – entirely sold on the idea, you know, you're looking at compartmentalized backfields, especially in Detroit, and each guy's going to have a role, and that's what really scares me from a fantasy perspective. When you have multiple backs in a backfield, and Denver, you know, it's probably the best of these, of the backfield options that you listed there. You know, at worst, you're probably going to see a 50-50 split, even though they had four guys take first-team reps in the last couple of days of training camp, but I personally think it shakes out where, you know, you're looking at Royce Freeman's probably the safest guy with upside. And then you're looking at Booker, if he can live up to any level of his, you know, pre-2018 expectations, probably sneaks into a couple of flex lineups here and there throughout the course of the season. Really don't want much to do with him. But then Green Bay, Aaron Jones will miss the first two games because of, because of a suspension. And he still probably has the most upside of the backfield. I just don't want anything to do with it. I mean, they're not afraid to pass the ball when they're inside the five-yard line. Now they have Jimmy Graham, who's probably going to steal several, you know, inside the 10 to inside the five red zone looks from the backfield. You know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I mean, let's face it, he's not spring chicken, but he's still pretty mobile. He can take off and run if he needs to. 
And, you know, Jamal Williams played well when asked last year. And then now you also have to worry about the Ty Montgomery factor, taking times on, you know, time away on third down. So Green Bay would be the last of these backers I want anything to do with. Yeah, that was kind of my next question for you, Corey. You kind of just answered that. But is there any any situations in, at the running back spot, just some teams that you're just completely avoiding this year? At? I mean, you said Green Bay. Anybody else that you're looking at and say, man, I don't want any part of this? Buffalo. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is a wonderful talent. I want nothing to do with LaShawn McCoy from an age mileage, uh, off-the-field concern perspective, possibly a rookie quarterback who is going to be raw and make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you know, the offensive line lost three starters from last year. I just see no, I see no conceivable path LaShawn McCoy is anything better than a flex play when it's all said and done. And, you know, and then you get behind him. Let's say he's out for the year. Then you get behind him and it's, you know, you're still looking at a pretty good backup with a pretty bad situation in front of them and around them. And they have no receivers to work with as well, you know. So I don't – I try not to say never to any backfield or any situation. Every player, as I said a moment ago, has the has value at the right price. But I really want nothing to do with Tampa's backfield. I really don't want to get myself in a situation where I'm having to rely on Cleveland's backfield. I mean, you have Duke Johnson, who is a wonderful third down back, but now they have – you know, Jarvis Landry there, how many short yardage passes are you going to be able to dole out to one offense? And uh, if that defense is even better than, you know, people give it credit for possibly being, Cleveland might not need to throw the ball as much, and Duke Johnson isn't going to be the guy who runs the ball when you have two capable ground backs ahead of him. So uh, aside from that, in Oakland, Oakland's probably the only other backfield that I would say I really want nothing to do with, certainly Doug Martin. I think Marshawn Lynch at the right price could be an okay non-PPR asset. Flex play, probably better in DFS if you have the right matchup. Not somebody I really want on any lineup uh, in any conventional league. So you, you've given us a ton of names already, Corey, but I wanted to uh, touch on late-round targets with you. Any guys that you're looking at late drafts, say, hey, I'm taking a chance on this guy. I want this guy on my roster. Are there a few guys out there like that for you for the season? Yeah, you know, there are a few guys. Uh, you know, I mentioned Jordan Wilkins earlier, interesting name. I was previously down on Bilal Powell in New York. Uh, McGuire got injured. That makes me rethink the situation. Powell's a pretty good third down back. We're starting to add him late to some rosters. Uh, <clears throat> Kalen Bellage in Miami. I try, again, Miami's not one of the backfields I'm really excited to have any piece of. But, you know, you have a 300-year-old Frank Gore, and then you have Kenyon Drake in terms of can he, you know, hold up to a workload. We've never seen it. Bellage is a bigger, powerful back. Maybe he steals some touchdowns late in the year. Interesting situation there, at least. And, you know, finally, you know, I did touch on Matt Breida, but Latavius Murray, I know there's nothing sexy about a Latavius Murray draft pick, but it was an ADP of the late 12th, early 13th round turn. You're looking at a guy who's proven he can score. He's proven he can handle the workload at least in short doses. And if something goes wrong with Dalvin Cook coming back from an ACL tear, or they just simply don't use him as much, Murray's an intriguing piece to have on a roster. But I have to at least warn that if Dalvin Cook is anything like he was in the first three games of last year, Murray's a throwaway pick. Corey, great stuff. He's seen, That's Corey Benini. He's senior fantasy editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and thehuddle.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Corey, hashtag Bonini, or underscore Bonini, that's C-O-R-Y, underscore B-O-N-I-N-I. Again, Corey, one more time, can you give us that promo code that you're doing today for this podcast? 
Sure thing. It's RTS, like real-time sports, abbreviated RTS 18. Awesome. Great stuff, Corey. Thanks again for being on with me. Really appreciate it. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. And that was my interview with Corey Bonini of USA Today Sports and TheHuddle.com. I want to thank Corey for doing a great job on the podcast once again. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.